it's incredible to think of like what you just said, just when you truly try to grasp and understand the mercy, grace, and forgiveness mm. of God. Unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Ryan, there is something I need to tell you. Come on, let's hear it. Please forgive me. I can't stop loving you. Please forgive me. I know now what to do. Brian Adams, sponsor of the pod. Here we go today. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. We'll timestamp that. We'll cut it out. But today... Today we're talking about forgiveness, and forgiveness, we start off a little light, kind of funny, but forgiveness is, um, gosh, I have just multiple stories uh, about forgiveness and and God really radically hitting me and understanding what forgiveness is, whether it be about myself or others, mm-hmm. <coughs> or being forgiven by others, yep. and seeing that. And so today, that's what we're going to get. We're going to talk about forgiveness, and Ryan, why don't you lead us in? Why don't you open us up? kind of lay the foundation of what we're going to be doing today. Yeah, this, this is a heavy one. Um, this is something as heavy as last week with relapse, but yeah, pretty heavy. This is something I I really struggled with. And I just feel like humanity, humanity as a whole, um, this is, this is a big hang up, you know, where Mm -hmm. a lot of us, um, man, we don't feel worthy, you know, we don't feel appreciated, cherished, loved and valued, but it's because we look for that from worldly things, you Mm. know, um, and due to a lack of forgiveness of self, you know, I stayed on isolation Island and in that pit of unforgiveness for so long. Why do you think, I don't want to interrupt you. You're you're getting your little intro going and I don't want to interrupt their flow, but man, I think we need to pause for a second because it's true. And it's not like, Oh, you know, it's cliche. The hardest person to forgive was myself, but that's true. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I had done, uh, a lot of wicked things. I've seen a lot of things done to me, but I've seen wicked things done to guys, and yet the hardest person for them to forgive, including the hardest person for me to forgive, was myself. Why was that? Why do you think that is? That's weird. That It is weird, and that's a... I don't have just like a straightforward answer to give you. Um, I know a lot of us, especially as men, were our own worst critics. Um, mm. I know the things that I've done. I know the thoughts that I have. I know the intentions that I've had within certain situations. And so I think between the, the culmination of all those things, um, it causes you to be hardest on yourself. Mm. Um, and I remember for the longest time, like I said, it kept me on isolation island. And I would feel like this urge to, to go to church and do certain things. And this was prior to me coming here the first time before knowing Christ. But, man, I just felt unworthy and, and I couldn't relate to others who went to church and, quote, unquote, had mm. it figured out, you know. And so that just kept me in that pit. And let's be honest, man, when you've lived a life of addiction, especially, man, for over a decade like I was doing, man, I couldn't forgive myself for like one or two of the things I had done, yeah. let alone 10 years worth of the same thing over and over and just meaningless I'm sorry's and apologies to where your words hold no weight and what that causes you to do is just internalize everything and just be your own worst critic over and over and tell yourself that you're not worthy you're not uh, desired you're not any of these things uh, worthwhile and that's that's what I struggled with immensely man Mm, yeah I mean two things that I pick up on when you say that is one 
<laughs> just the atmosphere that us Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we put out there in the cosmos, uh, that everything's perfect. Like yeah. you just said, that mm-hmm. we got it all figured out. Yep. But doing ministry, and I think anyone that does any kind of ministry, uh, just not just what we do specifically, although our what we do is different in a lot of ways than a lot of ministry, but anyone who's done ministry for a period of time will see that everyone's jacked up. Yeah. And it's, it's this, we wear this mask when we go into church and it's like, Hey, you know, everybody's happy. And, and so the, the other side of that is a guy like you coming in and seeing that mask and thinking it's real. Yeah. Thinking that that's real. These people don't struggle with anything. And I know that we know that that's not true. We know everyone struggles, but it just looks like their life's together to where the reality is, is when they get back in the car or maybe even on the way to church, they were talking about divorce. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so everyone's jacked up. So there's two sides to that. And that's what kind of made me think. So inside of this forgiveness, we're going to talk about being, being real, right? Stop being fake, but also how do we forgive? And, and I remember just like you said, man, early on at the lodge, um, I think I was still uh, definitely still a student, but just committing. You've heard my testimony, or if you haven't, it was you know I'm I'm, I'm all in at this point, and yeah. I'm diving in, and I'm diving in, I'm just hungry for God's word, consuming it, you know, doing the righteous things and hating sin, but I couldn't forgive myself, right? I knew. Uh, I knew the wickedness of my heart. I knew the things that only me and God knew. Mm-hmm. I, I, even though I'd confessed most of those, if not all of those, it was still, I don't know, man. It was like unworthiness, like you yeah. said. And just in God's Word, just diving in. And one of the things that I struggled with and, and still put to the cross on a daily basis was pride. And we talk about sin being uh, addiction and things being idolatry and making idols of myself. And so I'm in God's Word, and I'm just, you know, Things are going good, but then I get to this point, and it's just like, oh, Adam, you are a scumbag. You know, I'm trying to, not trying to be funny, but that's it, 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 that's what my mind said. And being in God's Word, being in God's Word, and I felt the Lord kind of revealing to me through His Word, and it was just like, hey, Adam, you know I love you, right? And this is obviously not audible, and, and right. this is just how I remember it and how my brain processed it, right? And yeah, yeah, obviously, God, I know I'm, I'm hungry for you. I'm, I'm, I know you love me. Adam, you know, I've forgiven you, right? As a matter of fact, I sent my son to die for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins. I was like, yes, I know that. Praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And and then I felt, then why are you trying to play God again? If I've forgiven you, the king of kings who Mm. spoke all things into existence, and yet little old Adam can't forgive himself. Mm. And that's easily said and thought about, but when when that hits you for real, for real, it's like, oh, yeah, Adam's playing God again. Yeah. Adam, and I never saw it in that perspective, and I'm not going to say that it was easy. The next day I was like, all right, zippity-doo, I forgive myself. But it definitely began a process of saying, hey, that's sin in my life still. Me holding this, me uh, being, um, what's it called, punitive and not forgiving myself for something that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has forgiven me for, that was a new perspective, man. And I think people need to hear that. It's very simple and very easy to understand, but if you allow that to sink in, you will definitely be on a process of forgiveness because I'm offending the holy God and making light of the cross of Christ. And that was a whole new perspective for me, man. That was weird. Yeah, and and that just reminded me of, of a kind of a similar experience I had. But I, I came across, I believe it's Romans 3, um, and I read that none are righteous, no, not one. Mm. 
you know, um, and that really that really did something for me, you know, because in my mind, you know, there's good people, there's better people, especially when you're living a life of addiction. You know, I was at the bottom. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Therefore, I would need like an immense amount of forgiveness that this guy may need some forgiveness. She uh, may yeah. need some comparing. I'm, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then I came across Ephesians 1 7, you know, and it says in him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. You know, I love that word lavish, like an extreme extravagant amount that he lavished Mm. upon us, you know, and it's in him that I am forgiven. And the first time I actually experienced that verse was that my day of salvation at Pleasant View Baptist church on that uh, father's day, June, 2017 and from that point forward man praise god because even when i relapsed after that man that is something that i knew beyond the shadow of a doubt was that i had been forgiven that's good i knew that beyond the shadow of a doubt and so instead of allowing shame and guilt to take hold and take root and me just walk with my head down man i knew i was forgiven i knew there was a process of sanctification that still needed to happen and take place but man i knew from that point forward that i had been forgiven for my sins past present and future when i accepted christ as my lord and savior and i'm talking it's That's it's good. a supernatural peace that you have about you that man the enemy can't convince me i'm stuck and trapped anymore he can't convince mm-hmm. me i'm unforgiven he can't convince me i'm not i'm haven't been delivered or redeemed because i knew that to be truth. And so, man, that, that catapulted me forward, um, knowing that I had been forgiven, experiencing that forgiveness. And man, that just set the tone for my walk going forward to respond to convictions. That's really good, man. I think, I think there's a story, I have a a scripture, but there's a story of just, it's incredible to think of like what you just said, just when you truly try to grasp and understand the mercy, grace, and forgiveness mm. of God. Unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes God will use people uh, in your life or use you in someone else's life to touch someone, to show a glimpse of that mercy, that grace, and that forgiveness. Yeah. And that's a story for me. And when I was in the throes of addiction, <clears throat> wife left me and separated, um, you know, kicked out of anywhere I could go. And my buddy Brett played uh, professional baseball. He was in the major leagues and um, he grew up together, played sports together. Um, he's at my wedding, right? And so I think he knew he had recently, I mean, he was the kind of guy that when he gave his life to Christ, he was all in. And I even made like baseball cards with his testimony on the back, right? To, to, oh, that's for, awesome. you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that was his platform now to, to bring that's God glory. Awesome. And so he was on this new journey uh, of just going hard after Christ. And, and he was, it was in the off season. And let me tell you, as an athlete, a pro athlete, not I, uh, but their body, their condition, their physical stuff is their job. And so he would eight hours a day, Monday through Friday or whatever the schedule was. I mean, he'd go and be working out, throwing, catching, receive, you know, working on stuff, fine tuning his craft and his body for 40 hours a week in the off season. But every morning he would have like a, a group of friends over and have like a Bible study and have a guy that came and led it. And uh, sometimes he would lead it and he allowed me to stay there. He knew I was going through a hard time, but I think he knew he thought or I told him that I was doing better. And so I don't remember exactly how the story goes, but I know um, at one point, you know, I was 
stealing things. I was pawning things and just, just enough to where I wasn't kicked out of this place. And then, man, I found a checkbook of his. And in my mind, you know, pro athlete, you know, you know, what's a little bit here with a little bit there. And, um, mm. how, how ridiculous is that? That someone won't notice money missing. Right. And so, I mean, I would write, I'd write it to cash, right. Or something like that, which was sketchy. But when you're in that world, it doesn't matter. And I, man, I, I did quite a few thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and in my mind, I justified it because he won't know it's missing. And that was like towards the end of everything radically going out of control, man. And he confronted me and I denied it or lied about it. And he just knew he knew it was me because the people at the bank knew him and his family and told him it was me described and showed him video footage. But around that time, obviously I was caught. I kind of ran and then ended up just going into rehab, going into S2L. I was like, I got to get out of here. And it wasn't really because of that. It's just because of the spiraling. And I just knew I'm probably gonna have to serve some jail time for this. I want to say something like anything over 500 was a felony. Yeah, and so that was multiple felonies. Yeah, and and man, I I remember and like I've kind of said, coming to S2L well and finding this grace and mercy. And you heard me tell the story about it being. I mean, I don't know if I've told it on the podcast or something else about just when I came here. It was Easter and God radically wrecked me and all that. You've heard it. And man, I was told that in order for that money to be reimbursed in the bank, because it was proven that it was fraud, it wasn't him that writing the checks, and he needed to be reimbursed, but to reim- the bank said he has to press charges to reimburse. Otherwise, there has to be some sort of, you right. know. Uh, and, man, he was going around. He was asking some, like, mentors and his family, and I think for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part, they were like, yeah, he needs to go to jail. Like, this is what's going to – he's gone to rehab before. He needs to go to jail. And that's what he needs. And it wasn't really about the money. It was like, this is what he needs. And he just was like, I don't think, I don't feel, I feel like God's telling me no. Mm-hmm. And man, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. <clears throat> I guess I got a call or I got the, I somehow got a message or something. It maybe was from my wife, but I'll circle back to that. And man, he forgave me and forgave the debt, didn't press charges. Mm. And in that moment, I was hit. I knew I was going to jail. Like I had already accepted it and started kind of planning for, I mean, you know, I was, I wasn't happy about it, but I I knew that was the situation. So I'm already mentally in that space of how I'm going to deal with this. And so I was hit, hit, hit. And man, that was undeserved grace. Right. And I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. It wasn't, it was foreign to me. Not that I had never received grace from family and stuff like that before. I'm not saying that, but this was new to me. And it was in this moment, and I met here at Easter, and God's redeeming me, and I'm seeing this picture that God's created of forgiveness and grace and mercy, and it, it, it was part of what God used to wreck me. It's mm. like, what? I don't deserve this. I don't deserve. Why? And then I come and find out who he he ended up giving my wife money, like because I'm not making any payment, mm. and I mean he would kill me. It's been over a decade now, so I think I'm fine with saying it. But, like, to help my wife out with bills and all this. And he didn't tell me that. He didn't tell anyone that. My wife did. And, like, to help her out with bills. And it's just like, what? That's incredible. And, I mean, to hear him tell it. We've we've done some things. There's a catapult that he spoke at. And uh, Brett and I have actually gone and talked at a couple different churches um, to kind of tell our story. But that was a moment that God used to wreck me about this forgiveness and understanding you don't deserve this. You did nothing to earn it, but it's a gift. Mm. I mean, it, it 
it wrecked me. Yeah. He's being modest about the catapult um, that he did with Brett, but y'all really go check that out. That was absolutely amazing. Um, and it really, really touched me just to hear more in depth about that story. So I, I would encourage you guys to go watch that. Yeah. Just real quick before we move on, Brett Carroll. His first career home run in the major leagues was off of Randy Johnson, the big unit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was Me and some friends were watching it live, or not live, but on TV at like a restaurant or something in That's Knoxville, sick. and we erupted, dude. People thought a fight broke out. We were moving. He ended up getting a home run, a triple. He bunted for a single. He was a double away from the cycle. Oh, that game. my god, That's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Shout anyway, out, Brett. Shout out, Brett Carroll. That's amazing. BC Athletics, Knoxville. Go. There we go. Um yeah, so I kind of just, just wanted to, yeah, sponsor the pod, sponsor the pod for sure. I kind of wanted to touch on forgiveness of others. You know, we've kind of yeah. talked about others forgiving us as far as our families. And I have countless stories of my family forgiving me over and over and over when it wasn't deserved. Um, yeah, but me too. I kind of want to talk about us forgiving others because that, that's something that's hard to do. Now, I didn't have that um, issue going through addiction, I really didn't have anybody to forgive, but just even going forward, just in life in general, yeah. you know, when someone wrongs you, my immediate reaction is cut them off, curse them, condemn them, you know, shun them, degrade them, do whatever. Yeah. But, or have that block in your mind of very passive and you have major resentment or lack of trust, but you always smile and yeah. it's never, and you never, they never become right anything because right. You put a wall up in your heart. Yeah. This is as far as I'm letting you get, yeah. and that's how I treat it. Yeah. But I'm always reminded, you know, God commands us to not only love him, but love others. And so mm. I just wanted to read Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we cannot love others the way God has called us to apart from showing them that same grace and forgiveness. Mm. Um, Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And just keeping these two scriptures in mind helps me to show others grace, helps me to pray for one another when I'm struggling with them. I don't even know if you remember this, but I was an intern at this time and I was just struggling with certain guys. And I was one of those guys who people probably struggled with in the program. So I'm not knocking anybody personally, but we're in tough seasons by the time we get here mm -hmm. and we can be very combative and defiant and just don't like structuring yeah. and all these things. And so I was struggling with certain guys, nobody in particular, but just, you know, the, just the amount of guys we see a year, it, it was, I was struggling with it and I came to you and I was just upset. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was, I was not dealing with it in a good, good manner, a good, healthy manner. And you told me to pray for, for the, whoever I'm struggling with, I need to be praying for them by name. Mm, and you know, yeah, my, that's some strong, my advice. immediate reaction, like internally, I'm like, this, this guy's an, an idiot. idiot. I'm not trying to hear this. <laughs> like this is the last, I knew it's what I needed to hear, but it's the last thing I wanted to hear. So I'll be honest with you. Some time went by about, a, I'd say a month or two, and I didn't pray for them by name, right? I came back to you and you're like, you kind of did this, like, look at you, right? And it hit me when you said that. He's like, man, I, I know you ain't been praying for him by name just because of how you are right now. Mm. And I was like, he's 100% right. He's right. I haven't been praying for them by name. And I, I took that, man, and I really implemented it to my walk. 
And it does. I challenge all, every single guy that I coach, man, it makes a difference because yeah. I don't possess the ability to forgive you and love you the way God has called me to apart from his spirit interceding yeah. on my behalf. You know, I'm going to condemn guys. I'm going to lash out. I'm going to handle them wrong. I'm not going to forgive someone. My flesh is going to tell me to handle these things in a fleshly manner. And apart from asking the spirit of God to come in and intercede, man, I'm going to struggle to forgive others and love others the way that God has commanded us. Too. Yeah, that's that's really good, and it kind of leads me to my uh, phone won't start buzzing. It's not what it led me to, but I'm just trying to find a place for it. I can't put it on my leg. <laughs> but man, I, and I think you nailed it with the spirit of God. It's almost a fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. meaning the, and it's going to be a perfect lead into the verse that I'm reading and to try to break it down. Yeah, but. <laughs> Forgiveness, I want just to be clear. What we're not saying is, because we've dealt with, maybe not necessarily in Ryan's life or my life, but we've ministered to men that have had extreme heinous wickedness done to them by the people that love them the most sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so what we're not saying is that you forgive them and release them of judgment and wrongdoing. What we are saying is that in Christ, judgment is no longer yours. Right. And so you can forgive them, not giving approval to what they did as being good or you're not you're not stamping that there. But what when you forgive them once and you're freeing up space in your own mind and you're understanding the gospel, you're understanding God. So if that person uh, that harmed you. If they haven't found Christ, they will be judged. They'll be judged either way, and it's going to be in hell for an eternity. So Christ either either paid for that sin against you on the cross, or they will pay for that sin in hell forever. And so that's the judgment. The judgment is God's, he says. You don't have to be judged. You don't have to hold them for punishment. That will be done. It either happened to them, and that's a weird concept too, understanding forgiveness for things that have been done to you. Man, if that person gives their life to Christ, yep. forgiven. their sin is forgiven and mm-hmm. washed clean, and they're your brother. Yeah. And if they haven't, the judgment that will rain down upon them for eternity is is unimaginable to the human brain. Yeah. And so that's what we mean. We don't mean releasing them and agreeing that what they did was okay, but forgiving them, no longer having the need to punish and, and judge them. You're releasing that to God because he's a good judge, a righteous judge, and a just judge, which kind of leads me to this on your point as well. I wanted to read a scripture that most of us know, and some of you watching might not even know it is scripture. Uh, I didn't when I played sports. I just thought it was a, a prayer that we chanted. But this is in Matthew 6, and it's the Lord's Prayer, and it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And here's 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Mm. Yee! Strong. God. And so I wasn't going to use this verse. Uh, We were kind of talking beforehand um, just about theme and verses, just because this needs to be unpacked. I was like, man, I just got to unpack it. Yeah. 
and and you've already touched on it. I, the only way that as a brother in Christ, as a sister in Christ, that you could do the things that we're talking about is if the Spirit of God is alive and at work in you, if you are a new creation, if you're a born-again believer. So much so that if we don't do these things, I believe what the verse is indicating is that you are not a born-again believer. And that should wreck all of us right now because we have pride, we sin, we still live sort of in the flesh even as a new creation. We fight against that, we fight against that. And one of the major fights against that flesh is they need to pay. Yep. No, I don't forgive them. Mm-hmm. No, I don't release that. No, I don't. I need me to have this. I need to be the judge and the jury and the executioner here. Yep. What they did to me was wrong. Roll that back to a few minutes ago. Who makes? Who's God in that scenario? Yeah, I'm the idol again. Yeah, and so having the being in a place that you are praying for people, that you are walking and praying in the Spirit always, and and being in God's Word and doing the pillars that we talked about. If a good indicator is if you could forgive people constantly, man, I, I've got to forgive you guys all the time. Just last week, I mean, you guys saw the video. We had the we yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get Carl on the other side of this camera and tell and get him to tell the truth about how much we have to forgive you. Forgive me. We forgive you, man. I uh, want you to know that. Well, I appreciate it. Here and now on this pod, we forgive you. Uh, I don't know you. what for, but just a bunch of stuff. Well, I mean, you guys saw the podcast get messed up last week, but hey, <laughs> hey, we forgive oh, you. Right. We know Come now on. what you do. <laughs> He's over there dancing. I should have videoed that for you guys, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and so you've got to constantly be in it. And that's obviously silly examples, but man, it almost is an, an, an indicator, not almost, clearly is an indicator that if I'm not forgiving, if I might not be a believer, yeah. or I need to repent on my face and plead with God to forgive me and, and turn from that and start to forgive. I don't know, it's deep. Yeah, and that that's exactly, and I still can struggle with that to this day with forgiveness, you know, because like you said, I want to be judge, I want to be DA, I want to be prosecutor, I want this person to feel what I'm feeling, and the reality of it is, and a perspective I always try to have is, man, I've been shown undeserved grace. I've been shown undeserved love. I don't deserve redemption. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve a savior. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve any of that, Yeah. right? And so, therefore, man, that helps me to show others who me who may not necessarily, to me, deserve these things. It's like, well, that always humbles me. It's like, I don't deserve anything the Lord's done in my life, right? Yeah. I found Christ at the lowest season of my life when I had abandoned and destroyed everything. Not because I started paying bills, treating people right, loving others, going to church. I, I didn't find Christ then. I was in the mm. pits of hell when I found Christ. So who am I to conge- uh, to condemn, judge, or you know, try to yeah. hate on others? No, that's good. Oh man, forgiveness we fail at, uh, but forgiveness we we've received freely and undeservedly. Amen. And this is one that if, if your toes aren't stepped on today, uh, you're you're probably the one that needs to be forgiving someone because you don't think this this is applying to you, but. Um, Man, I think it's true, and we felt Ryan and I felt the need to talk about forgiveness just because. Well, the two main things would be forgiveness of self, but also you know if if you have been harmed, and this may be you, parent, right? This may be you, parent of a loved one who's battled addiction. This may be you, parent who, uh, again, like we kind of talked about last week, lost a loved one, and maybe you're angry with God, and and I'm not, and, and you don't need to forgive God. 
God doesn't need forgiveness. He's righteous. But it doesn't mean perspective and release of that. Uh, but mainly it could be you, someone who struggled with an addiction, and maybe you had some heinous things happen to you like we discussed. Man, find this. This is serious scripture here, you know, when it says that the Father will forgive if we forgive. Mm. And that's not a that's not a works thing. That's an indicator of if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, it's commanded that you forgive. And, man, maybe you'll be that Brett story for someone. Maybe maybe you'll be that story that God crushes someone because of your forgiveness that doesn't make sense in their life. And so, man, that's all the time we had. Did you want to? Is there something that you needed to do? Were you going to? Or was that, was that next time? No, that's next time. All right. Well, I just kind of want to end. We've entered in. So you're going to be seeing this um, second week in December. So we're in this Christmas season. Um, probably not next week. Next week we really want to talk about identity. But the week after that, um, we might have some Christmas-type discussions. Um, but, yeah, hey, just think. This week, this the week, last week, Advent started. And if you don't know what that is, go look it up. It's just the expectation of our king. Um, and now we are in expectation of his return. But we celebrate his first coming in Christmas and the birth of the Savior. And, and just we're going to talk more about that. But I pray for you that you have a forgiving heart, that you ask God to crush you in this way, to soften your heart, to see areas of resentment, to see areas of maybe hidden anger, to see areas of maybe trauma that you haven't addressed um, and you're holding, uh, and just to forgive because we're called to. And punishment's not yours, judgment's not yours, but there is righteous justice. That's right. There is righteous judgment, but it belongs to the Lord. So, guys, I love you. I'm thankful for you. That's life after addiction. Come on. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.